0: All right, good morning, good morning. This is Pastor Joe coming to you today, Tuesday morning, January the 12th, 2021. And, uh, you know, we're facing the new year, and obviously there's going to be challenges for everyone, Uh, little challenges and great challenges. And one of the key to any challenges in life is faith. We need faith. Faith to fight. Faith to overcome. Faith for breaking through. Faith to, to hold on. Uh, faith to reconcile. And so f- faith is the key ingredient to, to our lives that um, it seems that not many people appreciate. But, you know, the key to um, a prosperity life, uh, the key to a victorious life and a joyful life, fulfilling life, is faith. And, you know, when you overcome, you taste the victory. And um, it builds your confidence. It builds your esteem. It builds you. You know, faith builds people. And God is about to build your faith today. And uh, thank you for tuning in. I am um, very new to this uh, podcasting um, industry, and um, but uh, you know, I, if this message blesses you, I, I pray the Lord that um, uh, you get get the message out, share it with your friends, and. Um, so for the next 30 minutes, 40 minutes, I don't know how long, but I just want to share with you a message on great faith. We're going to start today from Matthew chapter 8, but before we start, let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for today, for this new year. Father God, speak to us, Lord, and your word is, is a new word for us every day. Let it bring freshness, newness to our lives and into our hearts, Father God. Let it bring a, a, a refreshing wind, Lord, to um, the mindset that's grown old and stale. So, Father God, breathe into us, Father God, new life, new ideas, new hope, new visions, new understanding, new revelation, Father God, about you and about life and I just thank you, Lord, for your word. You set us free. Your word brings healing and deliverance. And so, Father God, I just give you praise for all those who are hearing this podcast for the very first time. I bless every one of them, Lord, that may your word, Father God, bring glory to your, the Father, bring glory to you, O God, that your word would change their lives, Father God, and they would turn around, And declare the goodness that you have provided for them in their lives. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. So Matthew chapter 8. And uh, we're talking about... um, First we want to talk about the centurion. And then we want to talk about the disciples. And I want you to pay attention to the... Admonition of Jesus for the centurion and more of a rebuke to the disciples regarding their faith. And so I'm going to start with Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to, the, to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. We're going to jump to Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 now. Actually, we're going to back it up to verse 18. And then we're going to jump to verse 23. Okay. Verse 18. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Pay attention to this. He gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came to, and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have the air, have nests, but the son of man has no way to lay his head. We're going to skip to verse 23. Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, Lord save us we are perishing but he said to them why are you fearful o you of little faith then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm so the men marveled saying who can be who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him And this is the Gospel of Matthew. Amen. So, as you can see, um, we started Matthew chapter 8, reading about a centurion who came to seek Jesus, uh, Jesus' help to heal uh, his servant at home. And um, the centurion, we don't know much about him but we know that maybe he's an unbeliever, maybe he's from the world we don't know much about him but we know that he's not a disciple of Jesus but there is something about this centurion that in verse 10 it says when Jesus heard it he marveled. You know, can you make God marvel at you? What, what can you do to make God marvel at you? It's by having great faith. And the centurion, when he spoke to Jesus, displayed great faith. What was it that the centurion said that was great faith? He says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, saying to this one, Go, and he goes. And to another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does it. Wow. So great faith great faith and then to his disciples who Jesus said in verse 18 let us go to the other side he gave a commandment a command to depart to the other side and so they took on, they go on their boat and in the middle of their journey a great storm arose and the boat was filling up with water and they start to fear for their lives, and they went looking for Jesus. And where did they find Jesus? Jesus was sleeping. And uh, when they woke Jesus up, Jesus said, "Why are you fearful, O you of little faith?" Why did Jesus, why did Jesus say that to them? You know, and I, I believe that Jesus is fully aware of everything, and uh, I think He's trying to teach us his disciples a lesson in great faith today and i'm going to attempt to to um unpack it for you and you know maybe just share what with you what i really believe and what i have applied um the first thing i want to say is you know there, there are questions we want to ask and we want to understand today How do we go from little faith to great faith? Because we are his disciples. And, um, you know, the disciples are just ordinary people like you and I. And sure enough, you know, we go through many storms in life. And how many times have we been found fearful? How many times did we run around like a chicken with its head cut off, right? Panicking and complaining and yelling and, and crying and... Just wanting to give up. And and all that time, we still believe in Jesus. And, uh, you know, God wants to cultivate great faith in our lives. And this is what he's doing through this lesson in Matthew chapter 8. How do we go from little faith to great faith? How do we get there? What does it mean, ye of little faith? Ye of little faith is... When you're going through a storm, you're, you're, you feel like Jesus is not even there. You, you feel like it's up to you to save yourself. Uh, and when you realize that, when you come to the conclusion that you uh, cannot save yourself, you become fearful and afraid, and your last resort is, okay, where's Jesus? <laughs> where's Jesus, right? Oh, yeah, Jesus is sleeping in a boat master wake up get up we're gonna die we're gonna drown well you know ye of little faith is you didn't pay attention to what he said to you earlier you know the disciples didn't pay attention to what jesus said to them earlier and that was in verse 18 he says to his disciples He gave a command to depart to the other side. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35, um, actually a few verses before that, Jesus said, let us go to the other side. And so what that means is, you know, we're all going to the other side of the lake. We are going to the other side of the ocean. And it doesn't matter what we encounter in our journey. To the other side. As long as Jesus said, "Let us go to the other side," we're going to go to the other side with Jesus. And if Jesus is on the boat with us, there wouldn't be any need for fear. There wouldn't be any any concern to be afraid for our lives when the storms and the flood that comes our way, when the attacks, the arrows that flies by day, and and the fairy darts that flies by night, comes we are not fearful when COVID comes we are not fearful when um, you know an unexpected tragedy comes we are not fearful Um, when a job loss occurred we are not fearful because Jesus said it's going to be okay we are on this journey together and we have to remember that are you on this journey with Jesus yes or no and if he's with you, he's not going to leave you. He says that, you know, I am with you. I will never you leave you orphan nor abandon you. Our problem is uh, sometimes we're just too carnal, too um, focused on our own lives and the natural things that we forget the spiritual things, and the spiritual things that we forget are the presence of Jesus. And the word of God. And so when we forget those things, that's when we operate in the natural. And that's when fear kicks in. That's when doubts and worries kicks in. And that's, um, that's when God starts to rebuke us. <laughs> ye of little faith. So the first lesson in ye of little faith is, is, is really due to little hearing. You're not listening. You're not paying attention to the spiritual things. You're not focusing on the things that are important. The things that are spiritual um, supersede the things that are natural. So it's time for us to stop being natural beings but start being spiritual. You know, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Man cannot live on bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Our food, our spiritual food, is what sustains us in this life, in this earth. And so we need to start to hear from God. When God speaks, we listen. So the problem with the disciples is they didn't pay attention. They didn't pay attention spiritually. They, didn't, they were not mindful of God's word. The centurion, on the other hand, is very mindful of a word, of a command. When someone in authority speak a word to you, directly at you, a good soldier would hear those words and act on those words. A good soldier would understand the authority over their lives and receive that authority, receive their command, receive their even their precepts. Not even just the commandments, but the precepts. You know, um a good soldier understand the basic commandments of the general, of the uh the one in authority. But a great soldier is one who even understands the smallest principle of God, the smallest principle, the precepts of his superior. And he walked by those small things, small precepts. They're not even commandments. And um, a good soldier, one with great faith, is one who, who attends to the Word of God you know, I see him as, as one who just stands in the court of the king, waiting for a command, waiting for an order to be issued. You know, um, it reminds me of King David with his three mighty men. Uh, king David and his uh, soldiers, group of soldiers, one day were uh, pursued um by the enemies, and they were surrounded. Um, I, I'm, uh, I'm not sure where that is in the uh, uh, Old Testament, but um, uh, perhaps some of you can look it up later. But, you know, David was very thirsty, and he remembered the the water from the well of Jerusalem. And... Uh, his soldiers around him just you know they were just around him, and then they heard David lamenting, wishing for for you know just uh, a taste of water from the the very well of jerusalem and and when these soldiers heard this, three of them broke through the enemy that surrounded the camp and ran make a journey 's worth of uh, you know a dangerous journey to to find this water and bring this water back to David. And they succeeded to bring this water back. And, um, you know, they broke through the enemy going out, and they had to break through the enemy going back in because David and his men were surrounded, right? And the Bible called these men mighty men of David. And so that's great faith to me is is just hanging around with jesus and be able to to hear what he's saying and just to grab hold of those words those little words to please him see the mighty men are 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 the mighty men of david they they want to please david and so you know and david is a, a representative of jesus and that's what we need to be today in this time, in this hour, let our heart yearn to be like the men of David, the mighty men of David, is to just hear God's word and um, just break through the enemy's camp. Just go get that water for David. And David, you know, he says, you know what, this water is so precious, I don't deserve to drink it. You know, so he proceeded to pour it out as an offering to the Lord. It's such a beautiful story. And... Um, and so, you know, the point of the, all this is, is for us to be uh, a hearer of the word and a doer of the word. That's great faith. That's how you go from little faith to great faith is to train your ear, to train your ear to hear God, to hear the spiritual things. Stop listening to your whiny neighbor. Stop listening to fake news. You know, stop listening to the news. I mean, there's nothing news about it. It's just old news. You know, people fighting each other, um, people people killing. Uh, What else is new out there? Nothing. But I'm speaking to you good news today and that is the word of god the god of the word of god is always new so we need to train our ears consecrate these ears pray father god that we we dedicate these ears to you father god that it would listen and and focus on your word father god because you speak to us daily and uh, this is where we receive our spiritual nourishment. This is where we get trained by you, by your Holy Spirit. But you know, um, the hearing—the hearing is th- the hearing of the ear. Um, the best way to train your ears is to cultivate your heart. Because really, you know, um, at the end of the day, you want the Word of God to enter your heart. My dad always, when I was younger, he also rebuked me many times because he would give me a commandment, and it would go in one ear and out the other, right? Isn't that what we're seeing with the disciples when the wind and the wave comes smashing on their boat, filling the boat with water, and they forgot the instruction of the master that they are to go to the other side. So the key is for us to cultivate our heart because the key to great faith is cultivating our heart because the problem is where the problem of hearing the word of God it really lies with our heart. And um, you want your heart to be like a heat sink. You want it to be a magnet for the Word of God. You don't want it to, to be um, a place where um, it's not fertile. You want to make your heart... You, wanna, you want it to strive to keep a heart that is tender... A heart that is soft. And the Bible calls it a good and noble heart. And, um, and we find that um, in Luke chapter 8, um, it's talking about heart here. And uh, I'm going to read it to you, Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 8. When a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But the other fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded. A crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus explained this parable further in verse eleven to fifteen. Now the parable is this the seed is the word of God, and the ground is really your heart. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So the first group of people are are those who who listens to the devil. He they, they listen to to people that don't know God, even those people that rejected God. These are the people that um um you know would Pick up their phone and phone their neighbors, phone their girlfriends and uh, men friends, and uh, just complaining and, and finding someone to agree with them. Yeah, you. Yeah, the the guy's a bum. Divorce him. You know. Um, yeah, I'm in this debt and um, I don't know how to pay for it. Well, you know what? Let's just go rob a bank. <laughs> Well, they, they won't say that, but you know what? Let's just cheat on our taxes. You know, Don't declare this. Don't declare that. How many friends that, that have spoken to you like that, right? So you don't want to listen to the unrighteous voices. You want to hear the voice of God. So stop listening to those voices that speak contrary to the Word of God in your lives. Don't listen to, to those people, you know, that... Um, That doesn't show fruit, good fruits, godly fruit in their lives. Why would you want to follow them? But that's why these people, when God speaks his word, when God sows his seeds into their lives, the seeds um, don't, don't grow. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, And these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. And this is another group of people that, uh, yeah, oh, that was great preaching, Pastor. You know, uh, I love the sermon. I love the word. And, uh, you know, they are so on fire. And they are so excited. And this reminds me of a lot of young Christians um, that, you know, Discovered God's grace, God's goodness, and but yet they uh, have not been consecrated. They have not been sanctified by the Word, and so they they are still connected to their worldly friends and um, and worldly ways. And so, a lot of these young Christians are. Are, you know, hanging on to their old ways and stubborn ways, and um, they have not cultivated uh, that lifestyle of discipline, of obedience, of consecration, and sanctification. And so, we need to learn to let go of our old ways and learning how to hold on to Jesus. We need to learn uh, to hang on to every word that God speaks, every word. And uh, we need to, to, to cultivate our heart to do that, to hang on to those words. Because sometimes when, when situations arise in our life, like the storms and the wind, it's so easy to let go of His word. It's so easy to let go of His commandments and precepts. Um, we just want to do what is naturally, um, what we know naturally, and with what we have tried before. You know, um, when when your marriage is uh, in trouble uh, you know instead of hanging on to the word of God you would find the easy way out you know there's an ad out there it says uh, uh, easy divorce <laughs> uh, the easy way out and so very very it's very human nature to find an easy way out. It's human nature to find a shortcut, um, but you know sometimes in, in not sometimes in God we have to um, to seek His word for our particular circumstances, seek His word for our difficulties, and um, and to abide in those word and to walk in those word. See, it's it's you know, belief is is not just agreeing with God. You know, belief is is hearing God's word and then to obey it. It's hearing God's word and to apply it. As 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 difficult as it may be, um, but it is the only way, and it's the way to build great faith. You you um You know, your faith will not grow until you start to walk in it. Hallelujah. Um, now, there is another group of people that God's talking about here. Now, the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they heard the word, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. And bring no fruit to maturity. So the word of God spoken, but the word was not fruitful in these people's lives. And this is a group of of, uh, Christians that are busy. And um, they're busy with their own lives, busy doing their own thing, uh, putting priorities, their priorities, Uh, focusing on their priorities. And so sometimes the word of God, the priorities of God takes a back seat, right? They seek to build their own kingdom rather than God's kingdom. They seek prosperity. They seek comfort, security, material wealth. They seek enjoyment and pleasures. And, you know, a lot of Christians nowadays are in this camp. And, you know, sometimes even myself, I would have to I dare to say that you know I have to confess that I am in this camp as well. Um you know it's I mean you know don't get me wrong here but it's good to have your life and financial affairs together but and it's it's okay to have nice things but priorities we have to put the right priorities god first. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. Right? And all these things shall fall into, you know, all these things shall come to you. Rather than chasing those things that we're chasing, we should just chase the things of God and, and just watch how God blesses our lives. And, um, you know, in my life, my life and the life of my wife as we journey this in this together I've learned the faithfulness of God over and over again that as we seek to build his kingdom his priorities and his righteousness I look around me and I'm like whoa you know uh, material wealth we don't have an issue with that um, comfort security we have all that I didn't go looking for it. It came after me. And so, to God be the glory. And I pray this for you as well. To start this new year, setting your priorities together. Your priorities is first the Word of God. Hear the Word of God and apply it to yourself. Apply it to your lives. Apply it to your circumstances. And watch what God will do. Hallelujah. And the last group of Christians it says this but the one that fell on the good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart keep it and bear fruit with patience a good and na- a good and noble heart there is a group of christian that have a noble and good heart and I'm going to tell you we 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 cannot have a good and noble heart on our own we can't do it. we can't transform a heart you know we can't expect you know God to snap his finger and 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 change our heart from a a a busy heart a a rocky a thorny heart into um you know a good and noble heart there's a process God is you know, he's always about changing our hearts, for sure. But it's a process, and you need to be aware of the process. And that process is uh, not as easy as you think. Uh, you know, that process is is um, sometimes to deny not to, I'm sorry, not to sometime, but to deny yourself, to pick up your cross and follow him. And that's how you have a good and noble heart. A good noble heart is to drink from the cup of suffering. The cup of suffering is is not about suffering it's disease and handicaps and and unfairness of life. It's that's that's not the cup of suffering that we're talking about. The cup of suffering is, Lord, I don't want to go through this process. Lord, this is this is scary, this is difficult, I I don't want to die on the cross, I don't want to do this, my body does not want to do this, but you know what, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And this is the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus, you know, in his flesh, he didn't want to go to the cross. Who wants to go to the cross? But he was obedient to the Father. He was very obedient. And uh, it reminds me of um, Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 says this, verse 7 to 9. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was hurt because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Although he was a son, he learned obedience. Jesus was a son of God, and he had to learn obedience. What make us any more different? No, we're not more different We're not better than Jesus. You know, He came to be like us and to show us a way. And so if Jesus had to learn obedience, we have to learn obedience. And it's through obedience, through the things that we suffered as well. Because God will tell you to do this. And it goes against everything that you've known. It goes against your flesh it makes you very uncomfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable to speak the truth. It's uncomfortable to walk in honesty. It's uncomfortable to ask for forgiveness. It's uncomfortable to repent. It's uncomfortable to be wrong. We always wanted to be right. It's uncomfortable to be humble. It's uncomfortable to be patient. It it's just feels wrong to be kind. Seriously, you know, I'd rather be nasty. You know, sometimes a lot of people would really prefer to be nasty, to be tough, to be strong, to, to show strength rather than to show weakness. Those things are uncomfortable. Those things are unfamiliar to us. It's very unfamiliar to our flesh. But Paul says in Galatians to crucify the flesh. Pick up your cross, Jesus would say to the rich young man. And follow him. This is what it means to drink the cup of suffering. And this is what it means to be a soldier being trained by the Holy Spirit. Developed by the Holy Spirit to walk in great faith. Because we learn to hear from God, from the, the greatest commandment to the smallest precepts. And when I say precepts, those are key. You know, we know about, okay, you shall not murder. You shall not, you know, covet your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's possession. You shall not uh, steal, kill, or, or murder, Right? Honor your mother and father. We know those commandments, but the precepts is what separate you from great faith to little faith. Those precepts, what are precepts? Precepts are what God says to you at all hours of the day clean up your room, make your bed, go get a shower. Stop thinking about these negative things. Forgive your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Go share a meal with this homeless person. Those are precepts. Don't lie on your taxes. Pray for your prime minister. Yeah, you don't like him, but pray for him. Pray for your president. You don't like him. Doesn't matter. Pray for him. You hate the way he says, the things he says, and, and how he did things. Pray for him. Right? Someone at work makes you mad. Pray for him. Bless him. Bless her. Right? Your husband said a, a, a something to you that really make you angry. Forgive him anyway. Right? Pick up a phone. Speak to someone, encourage them. Pray for them. Get up early in the morning. Stay up late in the night if you feel compelled that the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something, to pray for someone, to intercede for someone. Right? You know, train your ears to hear God because God will pick out those things in your lives that are that needed change, that needed um, um, repentance, that that need to be clean. God has has a way to pick out those things. So become an expert on the voice of God. You know, people that memorize the Bible, the Word of God, they, they don't faze me. I'm not impressed by that. What I'm impressed with is your ability to hear even the smallest voice of God telling you to do the smallest thing. As you're faithful in in doing those small things, that's where great faith is. And so why, why is great faith important? Faith is important because there are storms coming in our lives. There are floods coming in our lives. And it's going to attack us, and we don't know how to deal with it. So many people don't know how to deal with COVID. They don't know how to deal with a broken marriage. They don't know how to deal with broken children. They don't know how to deal with, um, you know, their own broken lives. They. So many people turn to uh, substance abuse. So many people turn to... Um, Fables and you know they follow uh, false prophets and and you know faith is so important. We you know faith is like the air that we breathe. And so for 2021, you need to build your great faith because there is great and challenging things that comes our way, and uh, we don't want to be found. Um, swimming in the ocean uh, of tragedy. We don't want to be found in swimming in in fear, swimming in uh, despair, swimming in depression. We don't want to be found in that. But we want to be... Um, we want to soar above all this. Right? We want to soar above our troubles. And... um and that's what I want to leave you with today is, is for you to build great faith. For you to have great faith so then you can even rebuke the wind. Those attack that comes into your life, you can rebuke it. Sickness, you can rebuke it. Temptation, rebuke it. um brokenness rebuke it death rebuke it you know god will give us those authorities in our lives because the greater our faith the greater he gives the authority to us you know at the end of mark chapter 16 all authorities have been given to me i give you you shall lay hand on the sick and they shall recover